Thank you for joining in our What is Truth podcast. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. And today we are going to be doing a little bit of cultural commentary, if you will, looking at some current events and discussing them. Uh, We're going to be looking at kind of the saga of the Kyle Rittenhouse case and and what led up to that mainly. Um, But the reason that I wanted to do this and to talk about it is because I think it's a, a good example uh, of of what's going on and and how difficult it is to decipher what is true and what is not true and frankly how the spirit of the age is <laughs> is working uh, in the world today if you remember the first podcast I, I talked a little bit about the fact that I do believe that we are in a spiritual battle there's something going on here that is is bigger than just us and that that gets very hard to explain, right? Whenever you're trying to explain and talk about things that are of a spiritual nature, um, obviously that's going to be difficult to uh, to talk about and difficult to explain whenever you can't tangibly and physically see something. Uh, but I, I believe that this uh, kind of series of events that we're going to talk about today um, lay out in my mind um, kind of one of the ways that the spirit of, of the age is working. And I'm going to use that term uh, a lot, spirit of the age. That's uh, found, I, I believe, in the uh, King James Version, talks about the spirit of the age. Uh, but you see it in, in talking about kind of this uh, cosmic battle between good and evil uh, throughout Scripture. There's numerous kind of times that it's talked about in Scripture. You have John chapter 8, verse 44. Um, Jesus is talking about um, uh, if you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, talking about the father of the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Um, you see uh, in Second Corinthians 11, 11, uh, 12 through 15, um, says, uh, or starting in verse 13, for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Therein will be what their actions deserves. Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie in all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says the God of this age or the spirit of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the spirit of this age, the God of this age, uh, I like that term because it it kind of in- indicates uh, an acknowledgement um, that we are in this spiritual battle, um, and and it may be different from one age to the next, right? Like the the battle could be different from what was going on in first century uh, Rome that Paul was dealing with. Um, the the things that were happening may have been different, but it was the same spirit behind it, a spirit of lies, a spirit of um, distrust, of, of confusion, um, masquerading as something that is good, but in 
in reality being something that is very evil and that is pulling people away from the truth. And and so the spirit of the age is consistent in that it is constantly working to bring chaos and to bring division and to sow discord, but it uses different tools. And so the spirit of the age uh, today uses many different tools. And I believe what um, we're going to kind of talk about today that led up to this uh, case of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the um, 18-year-old, I guess now, that was acquitted um, recently um, because of self-defense. He was acquitted um, using uh, self-defense. And the reaction to this and what led up to this are are quite enlightening, if you will, as to what's going on in the world around us, because there's there's so many uh, different directions that we can go, and so many um, <laughs> bits of of lies and deceit and <laughs> masquerading that have been going on. So let's let's talk about how how did we get to this point uh, that this was a contentious case, that this was even a case that we paid attention to. Um, you know, we you should always ask yourself that. By the way, um, why does something become a national case? And um, there are things that. Um, are happening all the time. And what gets chosen to be kind of thrust into the, uh, the headlines, uh, we always need to, to ask ourselves, well, why is that? What is that doing? Uh, what's the purpose behind that? But to really understand what's going on with the Kyle Rittenhouse case, you have to go all the way back, um, of course, to 2020 and what happened to George Floyd. Um, that um, kind of started all of this, and the spirit of the age was able to use that event to bring about so much chaos and and so much tension and really do do damage that it's going to take a long time for us to uh, to overcome and and maybe we, we may not um, we may just stay in this st- constant state of tension now and and of course it it revolves around race issues um, it also revolves around violence issues things like that so let's let's go back to think about that George Floyd uh, incident um, you know that jumped on the scene whenever the video came out of uh, the police officer, Derek Chauvin, um, just holding his uh, knee on the back and neck uh, of George Floyd. It it was a, a horrific scene. It was tough to watch. Um, and, and it sadly ended in the death uh, of George Floyd. And and it was, it was a huge moment, right? It, it spread across uh, the nation. Uh, everyone was paying attention. And initially, the response was basically the same for everyone, <laughs> is this is horrific, uh, and this is inexcusable, and this kind of stuff cannot happen. You know, what is going on here? Um, and there was a... a near unanimous call um, for that police officer to be held accountable um, and that the, the justice system needed to, to intervene here, that this was a major problem. You know, and I, I listened to, to numerous different outlets and things like that. Obviously, if you can't tell, I, um, in, I guess, current labels, I, I lean uh, conservative. Um, 
there was no one that I pay attention to or listen uh, to that in any way was defending those actions. Um, there, there was clearly um, a misuse of power, misuse of police procedure, whatever it was. You know, and we're, I'm sitting here talking about this because I don't know what police procedure is. I don't know what the right thing to do uh, is in that case. But as you looked at that, you're like, um, that's not it. That we, we need to do better, right? Well, so there, in a, in a normal time, we would all recognize that we as a people, we see things like that and we recoil and we say that that doesn't need to happen. We need to do something about that. And um, the police officer needs to be held accountable for that, which, by the way, <laughs> he completely was right as, as much uh, as as much criticism of our system and our justice system that has come and as a result of, of the George Floyd incident. Um, actually, justice was served as well as it possibly could be. The system worked perfectly. He was immediately, um, charges were brought, he was held, he goes to trial, uh, and he was convicted and found guilty. Right. So this should have been a time where we could all come together and because we were unified on the fact that, hey, this was a problem. But the spirit of the age is not going to allow something like this to bring us together. So rather than being able to bring us together, which should have been fairly easy to do since <laughs> the vast majority of people recognize this was wrong, all of a sudden, very quickly, this devolved into some different narratives that were not rooted in truth with this current uh, situation, right? Now, you can bring in the, the past and you can bring in other um, uh, issues that we're going to, to, to see from the, from the past and you can apply them to this. But from this issue itself, just this, the George Floyd issue, uh, there were a couple of false narratives that, that came up very quickly. Uh, the first one was that this was a racist act. Now, I want to be careful here because it may have been. I mean, I, I don't know Derek Chauvin. I don't know, you know what his uh, thoughts were. I don't know what his motivation was. Um, but there's no evidence, and there was no evidence prevented, presented at trial through that whole trial that talked about any racist element to this. And, and I know this may be controversial, but any time that a, a disagreement or a, a, a bad outcome happens between uh, people of different races, it doesn't mean that it's a racist act, right? Like every time if a police officer is rude to you or talks down to you and you are a different race, it doesn't mean that's a racist act. It could mean that that police officer was just a jerk, right? Or was having a really bad day, right? So, and when someone looks at you and treats you poorly in the grocery line, that doesn't mean that they are a racist. Maybe they're just not a very good person and they're just a jerk, right? That could be the case, we don't know. There was no evidence or indication 
uh, that this was a racist act. And then if you do actually watch the full 25 minutes, um, you know, we, we all, everybody watched the eight minutes of uh, the police officer holding his knee uh, on, on George Floyd. There's actually about 20 more minutes of video. It was a constant kind of back and forth trying to get Mr. Floyd to comply, trying to get him to do what he should be doing, and he wouldn't do it. Um, he was pushing back against uh, that. Um, there's, there are other, there are reasons that it went to the point that it did. Um, now, Mr. Chauvin still went too far. And he has paid the price or is paying the price for that. Um, but it, if, if he was just out looking for a random black person to attack, um, you know, there, there were, there'd be other ways that, that you could, could go about doing that, right? There, that, is, that was not part of this case, now, have there been issues between the black community and police? Yes, no doubt. Right? And that, all of that past, came up and decided, okay, we're going to use this incident to represent all of that. The problem was is that this incident didn't represent it. So, so then you have people saying, well, well wait, uh, you're, you're talking about police brutality and and you know, things, things like that and how police treat black people unfairly. But, and we all agree with this case, but you're making it now into a blanket statement. So another false narrative that came out about that, in addition to the fact that this obviously was a, a racist, racially motivated act, which again, maybe, but there's no hard evidence of that. The other false narrative is that the police are going around shooting unarmed black people um, and, and that it's a, an epidemic. I remember hearing that term a lot. This is an epidemic in our country. That there are so many people, um, very famous uh, basketball players, Le- LeBron James tweeted out things like, we're being hunted. Um, you know, you know, and we do live in a time where people like to use very over-the-top language, things like that. But you know what? That eventually has consequences. I, I, and I'm sure I've done the same thing. Um, you know, everybody has certain little, or all generations have certain little phrases and things like that that they say that it, it doesn't really mean uh exactly what the the definition of the word and one of those things is literally you know oh this is this is the literally the worst day of my life this is literally the best day of my life right and i and i want to tell my daughters and people i'm like do you not know what the word literally means right <laughs> but but we have become very very loose with language and eventually that can become pretty dangerous. And I think we started to see this in, in this George Floyd case, right? This false narrative that police are just going around shooting people, uh, and especially uh, unarmed black people indiscriminately, and that it's an epidemic in this country. And the problem is, is that it does happen. And guess what? We hear about just about every one of them. And so we can say the names of 
many people who have been killed by police officers. And that is very sad, and it is uh, something that we need to constantly work on to improve. Um, but it is important for us to know that it what is what is the acceptable number, and that's that's a that, that's kind of an ugly term, right? Because none are acceptable. But we do live in reality. There are going to be issues. There are going to be mistakes that are made. Um, that will happen. So what constitutes an epidemic? So that was the narrative that was being pushed. And all of a sudden you start looking into that. And, and I remember looking into this wondering, well, what is the number? I mean, how many you know, people are being killed unarmed by the police uh, every year? And the answer um, is, I don't think qualifies for an epidemic. Maybe you, you do think it, 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 it does. But over the last five years, and I know statistics can be used and manipulated, so these are, these are ballpark things, but they give us a general idea. Um, over the last five years, it's been around 1,000 uh, civilians uh, have been uh, fatally shot by police officers. Over, over the last five years, 1,000 a year. Right, so that's a, a thousand people every year that are killed by police. Um, now, those that that is total. So, so a thousand total that are killed by police. The vast majority of those um, are armed or are uh, attacking police officers. All right, um, but 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 again, so a thousand people a year um, are killed by police. The vast majority of those uh, are armed. When you're talking about unarmed, which was the case you know, with uh, George Floyd, that number drops way down. You're 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 around fifty to sixty unarmed people uh, a year are killed by police. And now again, unarmed does not mean that they. Uh, they maybe ha- have something else that they are using as a weapon. Uh, they they are still maybe attacking police officers, um, but the the average is about twenty black uh, individuals are unarmed are killed by police each year. Um, around twenty five to thirty white unarmed uh, pol- uh, people are killed by police each year. Um, you know you can say well. Uh, the black population is much less than the white population, so it should be, uh, you know, those those numbers are, are out of whack. Um, okay, we can have all of those uh, conversations, but the reality is, is we're, we're looking at about 20 people a year uh, unarmed, uh, who are unarmed and black, that are killed by the police. Now, that is 20 too many. But you also have to, to consider that there's around... 7,300 black homicide victims a year. So the percentage of black unarmed people who are killed by police uh, in in comparison to the overall black people who are murdered each year, um, it it comes to about 0.2%, you know, are are unarmed and are killed by the police. Again, that's 0.2% too high. But is that an epidemic? Is that, 
Is that a, a reason to respond like we did uh, as a society to the George Floyd uh, incident? You know, you, you combine that with the number of arrests that police make each year is around 10 million. Um, there's, there's around 11,000 um, deadly weapon at, uh, attack on police officers every year. 11,000 uh, <laughs> different uh, uh, incidences of people using deadly weapons to attack police. And, and, and again, the, that only results in 1,000 total uh, shooting deaths uh, each year that, that uh, law enforcement um, commits or uh, does in self-defense or whatever your opinion may be. Um, but I, I think that shows that this is, this is not an epidemic. Are there problems? Yes. Oh, and by the way, these numbers are going down. Um, the, the number of unarmed victims are constantly going down. Um, but yet, it is still a problem. We can all acknowledge that it's a problem. But what the spirit of the age does is it makes something that is, is an issue and something that we could continue to work on, um, even though it's headed in the, has been headed in the right direction, that it's getting smaller, the number of uh, those who have died or are shot by cops is getting smaller. But the spirit of the age twists that. And all of a sudden, it gives this narrative that police are just out there shooting black people indiscriminately. And guess what? If I'm part of the black community and I've experienced issues with the police in the past, there's no doubt that that, that, that happens. You, you always are dealing with the reality of racism because we live in a sinful, fallen world, so racism is always going to be present. And then everything I'm hearing and seeing is just talking about this epidemic of police officers killing uh, black people. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be pretty emotionally charged as well. So I actually completely understand why there were protests. And, and there's nothing wrong with those protests of, of stepping up and saying, hey, this is wrong. This, this kind of behavior cannot be tolerated, which, by the way, Derek Chauvin's uh, actions were not tolerated. Our society did not tolerate the, that. Our justice system held him accountable. I wish it would never have happened, but we live in the real world. Things like that will happen. Whenever you have over 10 million arrests every year, whenever you have 11,000 uh, encounters between people who are armed attacking police officers, you are going to have a handful of, of problem shootings, right? And so the emotion, the spirit of the age used that emotion. And so then you had people who we all agreed that this uh, um, current situation with George Floyd was a problem. But then it started to be able to divide because we're like, well, well, wait, this doesn't mean that all police are bad. It doesn't mean that we need to abolish the police. It doesn't mean that our system is completely racist because of these false narratives that were beginning and were being perpetrated. So that leads to multiple protests and multiple protests that then turned to riots. And this was another thing that got was so frustrating. There was a difference between those who were protesting and then those who started rioting. 
right? And and I, you have to be careful of the mob mentality. A mob mentality is very dangerous, and it causes all kinds of problems. But what we consistently saw is that making it to seem like everything that was happening in the country was all just peaceful protest. And the reality is that, that a lot of them were not peaceful. Yes, the, and I remember the, the article that said 93% or 97% of all the um, protests were, were peaceful. And I agree, most of them were very peaceful. But you had thousands of protests, and there were the, the few that did turn to riots became very, very violent and caused lots of damage. You know, the, the funniest is whenever you have uh, buildings burning in the background and uh, the, the Chiron on the, the bottom of the news is mostly peaceful protest. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, but maybe, maybe we've gone a little bit too far here. Right? So you started building up emotion on both sides, you know, people defending, well, you know, the police are, are out of control, um, so we, we need to protest, and, and that justifies the p- potential of riots. And then you have people that on the other side that are getting just as angry that uh, we've got to stop these riots. We've got to, to keep people from going too far and from looting and burning down uh, buildings and things like that. All right, so all of that's going on. There's all this tension. The spirit of the age loves this. Um, and then you have, a, of course, another shooting. Oh, you know, just how, how horrible that uh, you have an, another one that is tragic for many reasons, um, but the timing of it is, is really bad in this case, and that is the shooting of Jacob Blake. That happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Jacob Blake um, uh, is shot in the back um, multiple times by a police officer. Um, he is not killed, which interestingly, even after the Rittenhouse thing, there were some <laughs> media people that uh, talked about how all of this started because Jacob Blake was killed by the police. No, he he is still alive. Um and now he, he is uh, in a wheelchair, and it's a horrible thing. I mean, it's a, a bad situation. Um, but that, that shooting then sp- spawned um, multiple protests and multiple nights of protest in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin. But the spirit of the age used the Jacob Blake uh, case to continually uh, cause division and strife. There was so much that came out about that that was just not true. And I want to read, this is um, one of the things that I I really started seeing, okay, we're we're dealing with with a major problem here. um, And I don't know how uh, society functions if you keep operating um, under false narratives. And uh, this was a, an assignment. I'm going to read some of the assignment. This was an assignment that was given to my daughter. She was in, uh, in eighth grade at the time. Um, and it was an assignment given to her. And it was talking about, um, obviously, the protest that had happened and um, the, this Jacob Blake uh, shooting. And, it, and I'm going to, let me, there it is. Okay. I'm going to read directly from what the um, assignment um, it is. It's titled Black Lives Matter Protest. 
And then it says, on August 23rd, police were called to help settle an argument between a couple in Kenosha, Wisconsin. When the officers arrived, they attempted to arrest Jacob Blake, the boyfriend. Several of the police on the scene had their guns drawn as Blake walked into his car, uh, to his car where his three young sons were. One attempted to stop him by first grabbing his shirt and then firing seven shots at Blake's back. Blake survived, but is paralyzed from the waist down. Soon after, protesters erupted in the city. Multiple sports teams in both the NBA and Major League Baseball went on strike uh, in response. This comes after months of national outrage over the treatment of black Americans by the police, starting with the killing of George Floyd in May. Hundreds of thousands across the country have marched to demand justice for him and others like him. It is a fact that African Americans are more likely to be killed by police than people of other races. What people disagree on is the solution. Some believe the police should be abolished. Uh, others believe that police need better training, less deadly ways of dealing with the people that they are meant to protect. Others feel police did nothing wrong in these cases and claim that we need even more police to deal with the rioting and the looting that has occurred in some cities. All right, so that that is how it was presented to uh, my eighth grade daughter. Um, I don't necessarily have a, a problem talking about current events um you know I, I think you have to be very careful with that um but the thing that i do have a problem with is whenever you use limited data um or you frame things in such a way as to to elicit a certain response and again remember the narrative now that has been set uh in light of the george floyd case by the spirit of the age is setting this narrative that the police are uh, gunning down uh, uh, unarmed black people and and that is that's kind of the narrative that that has taken hold and the way that that assignment reads um i think clearly is perpetrating that especially since there were a lot of things in there that were not fully accurate. Um, and I, I want to, I, I wrote a letter and sent it to the teacher and, and things like that. But uh, uh, this is one of the things I, I said. I said, um, I said, one, how does it fit with normal U.S. history curriculum? Are current events typically used within the U.S. history curriculum? I, I kind of want to know, is this is this a normal thing that in teaching history, we're talking about things that happened two weeks ago. Um, but uh, the then the main point was the the narrative of this shooting of Jacob Blake. And this is what, what I said. I said, what is the goal of this assignment? I said, I agree teaching kids how to think about current events is important. I question how using a current event in which we do not have all the evidence or facts helps to teach our children critical thinking. In fact, the assignment actually encourages students to make assumptions and develop opinions before we really know all the details. So this is unfair to both the victim of a police shooting, in this case, Jacob Blake, and the police officers in question. In addition, this assignment neglects to mention all of the known pieces of evidence we already have in this case. The assignment says, quote, Police were called to help settle an argument between a couple, uh, end quote. While this may be accurate, the woman with whom uh, Jacob Blake was arguing had a restraining order against him due to a felony sexual assault allegation that she had filed in May. An arrest warrant for felony sexual assault had been issued by the police in July stemming from that incident. So this was not simply just an argument, someone that uh, had 
uh, she had con- <laughs> had accused him and he had been uh, indicted um, for raping her. Um, and she had a restraining order against shows up at her house. Right. So, yes, the police are going to be called in that. It's not like the police were just driving around and saw Jacob Blake and said, oh, that looks like a good target for today. So this was not simply an argument. So then I I continue, says also uh, before he was shot, police had subdued him and then he forcibly broke free. There was video evidence of this. The police had actually uh, got him to the ground and he threw the police off um, and then he begins to leave. I said a taser was then used with no effect. Mr. Blake then proceeded to move away from the police, ignoring their warnings. He made his way to the front door of his car, opened the door, reached for a knife, which resulted in his shooting. We still do not have the full story, and finding justice takes more time than we would like. This assignment's portrayal of these events leaves out many factors which are important to critical thinking about the event. The, uh, the, the assignment lim- assignment's limited description simplifies a complicated situation and is not fair to Mr. Blake or the police. One person not being thought about by many is the woman who called the police in the first place. We encourage women rightly to call police and report sexual assault and harassment. This woman had the courage to do that and had a restraining order on Mr. Blake. When he breaks that restraining order and steals her keys, she calls the police, which leads to the incident described above. Unfortunately, she may have become another woman whose sexual assault is minimized and pushed aside for a more convenient narrative. Uh, This assignment encourages a reaction without full knowledge of what happened. This negatively impacts individuals involved uh, and society as a whole. This is not a productive way to help our children think about complicated events. Now, uh, this is what I mean when I say the spirit of the age. I, I don't believe that this was intentionally done to manipulate our children necessarily, um, but, but I don't know that. Someone, <laughs> someone created this and, and, and did it intentionally. I don't necessarily think that our teachers were doing that. They were just trying to start a conversation. But the way that it... Uh, but the way that it's starting a conversation is using misinformation. It's using sometimes outright lies or, uh, you know, not using all the information. And that is damaging to our society. Look at what it's causing with the, in the uh, wake of George Floyd and Jacob Blake, you have cities burning, right? That is the desire of the spirit of the age. Right. Um, I also said the assignment also says it is a fact that African-Americans are more likely to be killed by police than than people of other races. I ask what statistical framework is used to make such strong statements. Is, is this combining people from all other races and comparing them to African-Americans or is it comparing each individual race to African-Americans? Does this take into account the percentage of police encounters or simply compare African-American population percentage to the percentage of African-Americans killed by police? Does this take into account factors of being armed, unarmed, resisting arrest uh, in making this statement? I only ask this because the assignment states this is a fact twice. Context is critical in backing up such strongly uh, stated assertions. Uh, Again, if we are trying to teach our children to think critically, we need to be precise and give them the tools to make informed decisions. Um, Just throwing out things like that, you have to be very careful because it will elicit emotional responses. And, and once we start acting on emotion, um, the spirit of the age has us right where he wants us. And, and that is clearly what we 
what we have seen and unfortunately uh, will continue to see, I believe. Um, so you have the George Floyd situation, you have the Jacob Blake situation uh, in Kenosha, um, and that uh, leads to riots in Kenosha, and and they were flat out riots. Anyone that tries to uh, say that they were just simply protest, there were aspects of protest there, sure, um, but you had numerous buildings that were burned to the ground. Uh, you had a shop owner who uh, was trying to put out a fire that had had started and just gets beat to hell. Um, you know, there's violence in the streets. Um, it is an ugly, ugly situation. Um, and, and the spirit of the age has stirred up all of this stuff to the point that now it's just spilling over. And that leads to a, <laughs> a young man making a really, really stupid decision. Um, even though I, I understand his desire to do it. You know, and that again, that's what's happening when the spirit of the age is just creating all of this. You you see um, property being destroyed, people's businesses being burned down, uh, rioting and looting, and no one is doing anything. Our our uh, leadership and police officers and uh, all of this. It was such a tumultuous time. There was just it was kind of just allowed to happen, and. That's going to cause there to be a lot of anger. And so you have a, this kid named Kyle Rittenhouse who decides that he is going to go and help protect um, a, uh, I believe it was a car dealership. One of the dealership buildings had already been burned down the night before. And so he's going to help um, protect the, uh, the property the, the next night. And he comes armed uh, with an AR-15 um, and and this is going to lead to two people being being killed uh, and one person being uh, shot. Obviously, we can have conversations about whether Rittenhouse should have been there or whether she should have been armed. Um, after the fact, we clearly can say that he should not have been there, um, especially in light of what happened. But the reality is, is, is it did happen, and and we need to to look at that and and what to me was very interesting is the the reaction to all of this. And I I can remember when it first happened that uh, the immediate reaction to hearing it before any facts or anything came out is, oh, look at this white supremacist going up, knowing that he's going to a BLM rally and he's there just to, to kill black people. That was that general narrative, that general theme was was said over and over again on all kinds of different platforms and in different areas. Uh, we, we constantly uh, saw that in, in news reports that this white supremacist had gone up to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and was going to take, take vengeance, you know, and, and it, it just, it, you have to just kind of step back and say, okay, wait, what, what really happened here and what is going on? Because that, that white supremacist narrative immediately came up um, that this Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. Okay, now we know that now he has been exonerated of these charges, um, that, that it was um, self-defense. There was not any evidence presented or 
uh, scene that showed that Kyle Rittenhouse is in any way a white supremacist. There's no Facebook post. There's no rants or manifestos. There is nothing that indicates that. Some will try to point to a, an incident that happened after he was uh, out on bail that he was um, took a picture with someone and, and maybe they were proud boys. We don't, we don't really even know that. Um, but, I mean, the, the leader of the proud boys is, is black. So I, I don't... Uh, y- they're, they're just very limited <laughs> information and no true evidence that this Kyle Rittenhouse is this white supremacist. But that fit the narrative. And so the spirit of the age loves that because here's the reality. The reason that that is a good tactic to use white supremacy is because the vast majority of people in the United States cannot stand the idea of white supremacy or racism. Right? That, that is something that is abhorrent, and we know the, the evil history that we have um, and how it's impacted people and, and how it's caused so much uh, turmoil, and so it's disgusting, and so we don't want to see that anymore. And, and, uh, and the, for the spirit of the age is able to use such a, a powerful uh, idea um, and, a, and a powerful term like white supremacy, and it it immediately uh, gets everyone's emotions going. Um, and and this again, this Kyle Rittenhouse doesn't doesn't matter what you think about what he did or anything like that. There is no evidence that he's a white supremacist. That is clearly a false narrative that came out of this. Um, in fact, there's video evidence all over the place, which if there wasn't video evidence, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse would be in prison um, because of just the political uh, climate that we are in. But the only person who actually did or said anything racist was the first person who was killed, um, that was shot and killed by Kyle Rittenhouse. He was uh, on video heard using the N-word numerous times. Um, now, one of the things that also is an indication that the spirit of the age is at work here and using these false narratives is Kyle Rittenhouse did not kill anyone who is black. And there are still people that believe that he shot black people. He did not. The All the victims, um, I say victims, they are the people who were attacking and got shot, um, they were white, right? Now, the bearing that that has on this uh, case, you know, hey, he needed to, you know, there was going to be an issue of uh, whether he was committed murder or self-defense, no matter what color uh, they were. But it is kind of important to whenever you're saying he's a white supremacist and he went there looking to kill black people, but he only succeeded in killing two white people and injuring another. It, it doesn't quite go with your narrative. Now you may say, well, those people were black lives matter supporters and he was just going out to, to kill supporters of black lives matter. Okay. We, we don't, we don't know that, but we do know that he was there to protect property because property had been burning and we have video 
showing that that's what he was there. We have video showing that he was actually going to help put out fire of another uh, area that was starting to burn when he was chased and then a bag was thrown at him and then a guy came and tried to grab his gun. Um, All of this is on video. And so I'm not going to get into that too deeply. If you care enough, you can uh, look at at some of these uh, videos. But the fact that there are people that believe that he killed black people just shows the manipulation that is being used right now. Also, there was this narrative (laughs) that he crossed, that he purchased a gun or brought a gun and he crossed state lines. And it was this big deal. And I'm, I'm, I think the point was is that he, he had no business being in Kenosha. He, there was no reason that he should even be there, that he, he came from a far off place, crossed state lines with a weapon um, to, to go to this, um, to go and to seek out and to kill Black Lives Matter supporters. Well, well, Turns out he didn't bring a, a weapon across state lines. He did cross state lines uh, because where he lives is about 20 miles from Kenosha, and you have to cross the state line to get there. So he lives in, I believe it was Antioch or something. It's a border town. So pretty much any time you do anything, you cross state lines. Um, it, he also um, had his dad lived in Kenosha. Uh, He had other family that lived in Kenosha. He had a job in Kenosha. Um, That was his community. Yeah, he lived in a different kind of suburb uh, of Kenosha, but that was his community. Um, He... There, there was a reason he was there. He did have a connection with the place. It's, it's funny because he was about 20 miles away. The first person that, um, uh, you know, attacked him and that he shot and killed um, came from another place uh, in Wisconsin, but was from like 50 miles away. Um, but, you know, that doesn't fit the narrative. So we're not going to talk about that uh, as much. Um, also, you know, some of the things that came from this is, is, you know, the, the people that he shot were just these innocent people and, and Hey, listen, I know there's no, you don't ever want to see anyone get shot, but these, these were, were criminals. Um, they were not there to protest. There's no, no evidence that they were there just to peacefully protest. Uh, the first person that was killed, uh, actually had uh, just recently, um, been released, uh, tried to turn himself in cause he was, uh, said he was trying to kill himself. Um, he had recently been released from prison where he had finished serving uh, a multi-year term because he had, uh, raped numerous, uh, young boys. Um, now, does that mean he deserved to, to get shot? No. Um, but it, th- there's more to this than just simply, oh, this white guy went to, to kill some black people. Right? Um, so there's all these false narratives going on um, to make the situation worse than it already is because it it's a bad situation. Um, and you, there can, we can have some conversations. I mean, to me, with the way that the laws are now, there's no question that it was self-defense. Now, you may think that those laws should be changed, and and th- that's conversation that we have. But uh, but justice was was clearly served. He he did not commit murder, and that's what he was being charged with is committing murder. Um, and and he he did commit uh, he did uh, use self-defense, and. And if we need to change the laws, we can change the laws. But as they are written right now, what happened 
uh, was was justified and it was the right outcome. It's still a bad outcome, right? We don't want things like that to happen. But see, the spirit of the age does want things like that to happen. So it creates all of this strife and tension going back all the way to George Floyd using misinformation, using lies, using uh, emotion, using the mob, uh, then uses the Jacob Blake situation, then uh, uses all of that. And then it comes to a head and people begin to die. That is exactly what the spirit of the age wants. And we our our media and our culture is just feeding into that right now. Um, we, we just dive headlong into, to some of these emotional, uh, ploys. And one that was just really disgusting that was coming out, um, just as soon as he was acquitted is, uh, the narrative, um, and people asking the question, well, can you imagine if he was black? There's no way that he would have been acquitted. Um, people would say things and, tweet things, um, you know, that um, just shows you what, what kind of a, um, a, a white supremacist system that we have, you know, allows the, the white person to get off, um, would never let a black person get off. And, you know, you hear that thing and, and, and sometimes, you know, because that, that's kind of the narrative, the narrative is that the police are always out killing black people and that black people don't have a, a a chance in our justice system. And there are many cases where there has been unfairness and injustice, right? Um, but using this as an example, um, just is going to cause anger because it's not a good example right here. And that statement of that if, if Kyle Rittenhouse would have been black, that he would have never been allowed to use self-defense is just BS, I mean, the exact same day that Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted, there was another guy um, uh, uh, acquitted in Florida. His name was uh, Andrew Coffey. Uh, he was found not guilty of second-degree felony murder, three counts of attempted first-degree murder of law enforcement officers. So he had shot at law enforcement officers and he pleaded self-defense that he didn't know that they were police officers and he was acquitted of those charges. Oh, and Andrew Coffey, yes, he is black, right? Then the, the uh, person on Twitter, uh, which you always have to be careful of that, but I've, I've looked at these articles. They uh, just started uh, Googling over the last year or so, so just... Uh, different times that a black individual has used the, the defense of self-defense, right? And uh, and you can see it. it. It's not hard to find. You know, Jalil Stallings was ac- acquitted of multiple attempted murder charge related to him shooting at several St. Paul police officers, right? So a black guy shot at police officers, didn't get shot himself, and apparently police officers are out, you know, just indiscriminately killing unarmed black people. Here's one that shot at them and uh, they failed to kill him. And uh, and he claimed self-defense and they did saying that he didn't know they were cops and he was acquitted. Right. Um, the There was uh, Stephen Spencer um, was was found uh, innocent of a white man's death during a race-related dispute. Uh, Sim- uh, Spencer claimed self-defense, and he, he won. Right? Timothy Sim- uh, uh, sorry, that I'm 
get looking at the wrong wrong thing there Dolores White stabbed her daughter's boyfriend to death was acquitted on self-defense uh, Trey Adams stabbed a high school classmate to death acquitted for acting in self-defense Jesus Lima um, um, was acquitted uh, with self-defense um, whenever he was uh, uh, attacked uh, by by others, and he responded and and shot the man who was attacking him. Uh, Tony Bristol, uh, as a nightclub nightclub security guard, was acquitted for claiming self defense in the shooting deaths of two unarmed patrons. Right? Uh, Latoya uh, Ramshore uh, claimed self defense in the fatal shooting of her boyfriend. Acquitted on all charges. There's Andrew Roy, Andre Roy, Kenneth Ray Smith, Nehemiah Martin, um, the the rapper, the baby. And there's so many. So it is just false to say that if you are black, that you that the the system won't acknowledge your uh, self defense. But what happens is the spirit of the age gets us to focus only on certain narratives, only on certain cases, and it just fuels uh, this division and this chaos. And it is important for us if we are seeking to find the truth and to determine what is true that we do not get caught up um, in in <laughs> believing lies um, and you know I, I'm going to end going back to some of those verses that we talk about it says the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works he will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways of the wickedness deceive those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. We have to love the truth. We have to seek the truth. And listen, there are conversations that we can have. There are issues um, uh, of race issues in this country and throughout the world. Why? Because we live in a sinful world and people are sinful. There will always be racist issues, racial issues. There are issues between police and unarmed people, black, white, Hispanic. There are going to be situations that happen that, that are not right and that are wrong. Police are going to make mistakes. There are some police who are racist, right? This is, this is going to happen in any society. But what we are doing is we are taking some of the um, smaller issues and we are making them drive the whole narrative. And it is it just causes chaos and frustration and anger on all sides. The spirit of the age views us and views humanity and views people as pawns uh, in, in an evil game. And the black community is unfortunately is used as a pawn all the time and it's disgusting and we have to stand up for that we have to stand or stand up against that against using any group uh, against using any people as pawns right that is the way of the spirit of the age and the first thing that we can do in the first step is we need to step back and we need to make sure we are seeking what is true and it worries me that our school systems are not teaching critical thinking. So you have to do that for your own children, right? 
You know, it is so much easier just to go along with the, with the narrative of the day. But we have to look deep into things. We have to start saying what, what are all the factors involved because there are no easy answers. It is easy, though, just to go along with the mob. And the spirit of the age uses misinformation, uses dishonesty, uses deception to rile up the mob on any issue, on many different issues. And then the truth gets buried and the emotion is carrying the day. And that only leads to evil. And then it leads to death. It leads to destruction. We have to be committed to what is true. We have to love the truth. Seek the truth, even whenever it's tough, and even when we know that the truth may not have a present an easy answer on how to handle it. But as we look at the world and we look at society and what is happening, the further away from truth that we move, <laughs> the more chaos we're going to see. So do not be contributing to the chaos. Stand up for the truth. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope that you have a wonderful week and uh, we'll talk to you again pretty soon. Hope you have a great week. Bye.